are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I and 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 you know why I'm really good right now. <laughs> I know it's so exciting. <laughs> I am just I am just floored. I am floored that these these girls from Canada and soccer just won the the gold medal in a in a shootout. I am just so like I said, these girls, it's taken our program, you know, 20 years of growth to get there, to to compete with you know, countries of 300 million and 80 million and 100 million, right? So it's just amazing. Congrats. So I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> I'm um, happy to be here. Thank you. And today you're on the Parent Talk. Yeah, the last time we did it, we were on the our sports podcast, which is great. Right, so right. I'm stealing you over. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason why I wanted to have Stephanie here is because she's going to talk about the fuel that our kids need as teenagers because of their sharp growth curve, because of their brain development, what foods they need. And Stephanie had a incredible background. So I'll just give you a little bit of her experience, which I may lose my breath because she's got a lot of experience. So she did, um, you do certified sports nutrition, certified youth nutrition specialist, uh, you are certified uh, massage therapist, which you're too far away to do me. I could really use one right now. <laughs> um, you are a wellness educator um, for the last uh, uh, long time here. You focus on teens and teen athletes. You do focus primarily on athletic children and specifically hockey, which I want to share with our um, viewers yes. and listeners here. And you um, are trying to get across to parents and coaches and players that we need to properly fuel our kids to be prepared to play and not just be prepared to play, but prepared to grow. And I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations because in the last year, I mean, we eat very well, 80% really well here, but I was shocked by some of the statistics of what is actually in, let's say, for example, what is in Cheerios, what is in juice. Like we don't drink juice. We don't have that much pop at all. If it is, it's like for a week and it's a special thing, but like what's hidden in our, right. in our food. So, so Steph, my first question is how do we properly balance a diet for kids that are in the teens and they're growing and where I lost my, my footing was exactly how much their brain is growing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, a, a huge misconception because we look at, especially our teenagers. I mean, by the time my son was 14, he was yeah. taller than me. And we get into yes. these ideas that, you know, yes. maybe the doctors are saying they're as tall as they're going to be. And we mistake that for thinking that they're, done growing and they aren't you know the brain is actually still developing until they're about 25 26 there's a lot happening there um, and the body is obviously still changing too and we right. can't look at you know one specific age and say this is what's happening at this time because they all hit puberty at different times they're all going through different experiences but the way the brain develops it is yeah. fundamentally changing, especially during those adolescent years. So, you know, really 
how we fuel the brain is essential because obviously it controls everything <laughs> within the body, their hormones, right. um, their growth, their recovery, their immunity, all of that is affected by right. brain health. And, you know, if anything, within this Olympics too, we've taken a much closer look at not just the nutrition of our athletes, but the, the mental health of our oh. athletes as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a huge aspect. And interestingly, I was just reading that there's um, one of the biggest studies going on right now in the U.S. for adolescent brain development. And oh, really? they're looking at, yeah, it, it started back in like 2016, 2017, and they took 6,000 kids and they're watching them over a 10 year span, kind of wow. see where the That's brain changes go. Yeah. And they're looking at, you know, screens, they're looking at sports, they're looking at arts, they're looking at all these different aspects of it and how their brain's changing. Interestingly, though, the one thing that I noticed that's missing in this study is nutrition, which I thought oh, was really? a really interesting like, omission. That's, that's sort of a factor, isn't it? It is a factor. And it's a little scary to me that this is the biggest study ever. And it's only 6,000 kids. I mean, yeah. that's like, not very much. No, it's not very money. So, you know, fueling their brain, carbohydrates are essential. And I, you know, contrary to what everything with fad diets is going to tell you, carbohydrates are essential are for brain health, yeah. um, especially for our kids, because they're, they're using them and turning them over so much and healthy fats as well. So we need to really start to look at looking at the quality yeah. of the food that our kids are eating, as opposed to just and you know, they're busy, they're active, they burn everything, everything off. It's, it's really a huge myth. We need to look at the quality of their foods. So with teens specifically, we're going to examine today, they are staying up late. They're grabbing caffeine to stay up on their phones so that they can talk and be social and not what's called the not miss generation. Right. Right. So they're grabbing sugar, they're grabbing Red Bull, and this is at 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to parents what that's doing to their brain at 10 o'clock at night and how that actually um, affects them early in the morning? Yeah. So, you know, we look at that, those teenage years, you know, kind of the, the 14 to 18, especially, yeah. they need about eight to 10 hours of sleep per night, which in and of itself is kind of a joke anyway, by the time they get home, whether it's sports, whether it's, um, yeah. you know, work, whatever they have, and then school the next morning, that's a really difficult thing. So fortunately, now we're looking at a 24 hour period and getting that, that eight to 10 hours within 24 hours. So whether that includes taking naps, but really increasing their quality of sleep, we have to minimize the screens. Screens have to stay out of their beds. Um, even though it feels like it's a, a rest time, hey, I'm just chilling out, I'm just watching TikToks or videos, the brain's not seeing it that way. And, you know, part of the advantage of working with athletes is that you can kind of correlate it that sleep is when everything's, they want to be bigger, they want to be faster, they want to be stronger, they want their bodies to recover, muscle growth, that all happens during sleep. Um, but how they focus, their attention span, um, behavior patterns, all of that is developing and all of that's rehabilitating during sleep. Um, so there are different techniques and, and tips you can use to kind of improve their quality of sleep during shorter hours. Because like I said, most teenagers are not going to get that required eight to 10 at one shot at night. No, no, they're not. And 
So if we're talking about fueling them with the right things, is there a certain, Mm -hmm. let's look at fats. So what type of good fats should we be giving them? Yeah, avocados are really great for their brain health. Um, Walnuts, which really aren't my favorite at all, but they're they're great for for supporting brain health as well. Yeah, so even if you can, you know, chop them up and put them, you know, simply adding them into, you know, muffins or, or pancakes. So you can add them into anything really yeah, easily. Salads. Chia seeds are super, yeah, adding them salads for sure. Uh, chia seeds are great because they're convenient. You can just add them to yogurt. You can add them to, you know, a smoothie. You can put them on top of oatmeal, anything where you're, you know, um, adding in these these different fats on, on the go. Um, what about salmon. Having, can we uh, add walnuts, chia seeds? we make a breakfast muffin. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's, lo- it's oatmeal flour and it's yeah. um, like chia. They don't know the chia seeds go in there. <laughs> they don't, they don't know. Right. I put, they don't know. I put applesauce in instead of sugar. Right. Okay. So I, there's not Great. much sugar in them. I use oatmeal flour and I'm trying to put some power foods in there. And now I do put chocolate chips in because yeah. Well, that's ends up to be four a muffin. So that's not too bad, right? Or five a muffin or whatever it is, but it gets them to eat it. So um, sneaking in foods into spaghetti, how would we sneak some veggies into so- to a sauce? What would we sneak in? You can easily sneak in some um, either like chopped spinach. You can mm-hmm. add um, sweet potato puree into things. Don't overlook, um, sometimes even like in the baby food aisles, they have like the purees already of different, like raw. yeah, you can yeah. kind of add those into sauces without it really necessarily. Will it, will it affect the change? Will it still taste Italiano <laughs> if you put in sweet potato? It depends what you're adding. Like when you're doing a smoothie, if you want to add spinach to a smoothie, yeah, it's going to turn it taste, yeah. But adding, um, making it some some sort of tropical, whether you have pineapple, whether you have um, mango in there, that will offset kind of the bitter taste of it and add kiwi, that way it's already green. Um, But you can always add different elements into whatever food this happens to be. Um, Yeah. You talked about, you know, the oils too. You're what? Sneaking foods in. I mean, we have good eaters, so I'm lucky, but I'm also one of those parents is uh, you don't get a choice about what's at dinner. You get what's in front of you. I may separate it a little bit for you, but I'm not going to ultimately make a second meal. I'm not making, I have too many kids going too many places. (laughs) I have to make right. And, and, and this is also for athletic parents. I try and make two or three meals whenever I'm in the kitchen because then I'm, I feel like I'm just, wasting my time if I'm not doing right. two meals at once, or even if I'm preparing part of like sweet potatoes for that next day or something. And right. Like I'm just always like, I don't want to waste my time because it's just too valuable. So, but I know their nutrition is key because if they eat too much crap, right. it's just like, you're going to be like your food crap. Right, exactly. And you know, and I do the same thing. If if I have four extra hours, I'm not spending it in my kitchen. I don't want to sit there. And, and, and for some people, it works great meal, pl- meal prepping for the week. For yeah. me, I'm going to throw a few extra chicken breasts on the grill so that they're there and easy to add to, to salads or to a wrap or something. 
Um, but you know, when you're talking about incorporating more how nutrient do density, a good diet. yeah, how we're going to do looking at, right when you're looking at like let's say go back to your pasta, yep. chickpea pasta versus a plain pasta, yeah, the cooking time is the same, the taste and texture is the same. I mean. Really? Personally, I think whole wheat pasta tastes like crap. It's it's just not spaghetti to me. <laughs> but the chickpea pasta, yeah, the texture's not different, but you're adding in fiber, you're adding in protein, you're adding in all these vitamins and minerals. It is a little more expensive. So what I'll tend to do is, you know, mix it. Take your favorite dried pasta and, and mix it with a with a chickpea pasta. And and then the other benefit is you're getting some more of this, the proteins, the fibers without having to always rely on an animal protein, which comes in, you know, if you're dealing with school, if you're dealing with athletics, where you don't always have refrigeration, yeah. uh, you know, a cold pasta that's actually nutrient dense and helping your brain. Pasta, like we we use that in udon noodle mm -hmm. soups, and the kids yeah. take udon noodle, or oh, they'll take vermicelli. Like, how is that for? Yeah, like, you're not going to have the same amount of a little bit of chicken in it, and they can drink the the broth, and then they mm -hmm. down the noodles. So it's right. a fairly easy meal. It is an easy switch. And even when you're talking about your soups and your broths, um, upping the game from, you know, whether you use water to, to cook your rice or to, to do your pastas, you can up to a, a chicken or, or beef That's stock true. or up to a, to a bone broth. Then you're bringing in even more nutrients, yes. you know, without changing the, t yeah. the texture I found the that I've had to navigate towards YouTube videos in order to get really good at the bone, like how they make their udon noodles authentic, starting with their own bone broth and how to make um, chow mein and stuff. So mm -hmm. I can give the kids that. Wow. That's some serious cooking. And yeah. no, you can't be on your phone when you're doing, when you're cooking like oriented oriental types of food you really do have to be cooking you have to be paying and, attention or you're going to burn it fry it or overboil it i just read that cooking is one of the most effective active meditations because you do you have to be kind of focused in and the intention of what you're doing and how you're creating it yeah. um, but again it doesn't have to be overly time consuming i'm fortunate my sister's a chef so yeah, if I want like yeah. homemade, you know, bone broth, you know, it, it, she'll make it for me. Um, but you can't, you can go into the produce section of your, of your grocery store. Yeah. Usually it's like the refrigerated area. It yeah. should be a little cloudy. It's going to have um, a shorter shelf life, but it, again, it's going to boost more nutrients for their bodies too. Right. So, and, well, we were, we were talking about puberty um, mm -hmm. and we are talking about ways in which we can help them through it. What, what can we do with their diet to help them through this phase, which is actually very hard on, on the bar body, the growing, the changes, um, the smells, what foods, <laughs> this, yeah. Um, what foods we should be giving them to help? Like, is it, I I've been reading about turmeric more oriented, uh, anti-inflammatories, staying away from sugar is, is a must. What are you saying or what are your tips here? Okay, so I've got a lot of different views on yep. many of these. So we've got, you know, the brain that's developing. And one of the 
first areas that's that's really most developed in them is is like this limbic system and the amygdala which is emotion and that why they're greater risk takers because they have this really developed the prefrontal cortex the front of the brain which is where logic comes in where kind of diminish or but not it doesn't come in yet (laughs) right that that prefrontal cortex of of kind of really in the risk that's what's developing later when they're 25 26 so yeah, I, this quote that I just heard yesterday was amazing. They they have this as teenagers this great think of it as a car with an awesome acceleration system, but no brakes. So yes. we, we need to kind of give them these tools to start reeling some of this in. And sugar and fat and salt are a huge part of that that reward system in the brain where it tastes great. They want more of it, you know. McDonald's, fast food, all these just the, sugar. The crap chips. Food. chips is loaded with. Was it you and I? We were talking about chips and what is in like a bag of Lay's and all the chemicals yeah. that are in Lay's chips. Right, right. Is, and some. What was the other chip bag? Was it? I think we were comparing old-fashioned. Like I'm talking about this company, Mrs. Mrs. Vicky's. I think. They do um they do old fashioned potatoes and they just do the potatoes and add the vinegar and the salt. That's it. Yeah. So when my kids eat Lay's four or five hours later, they are edgy. You can tell. And then they want more junk food. Yeah. And then they go to get more, you know, and we do right. limit it, right. but then they find the darn chocolate chips I hide. <laughs> Right. Well, it's this perpetual, you know, cycle of dopamine because because the way that their nerve cells are set up in their brain, they're getting a greater influx of the dopamine because they don't have the the prefrontal cortex to reel it all back in. So they, they those cravings for those foods that they want are accurate. I mean, that's truly happening within the brain. But as parents, as you know, having that line of reason. We have to kind of set up these tools now. So as the brain's developing, they're ready to, to, to understand how they're feeling, what they're recognizing. Yeah. So switching from, you know, you know, I'm not an anti-sugar person only because I think when we hear no sugar, people go to the, uh, the to the synthetic sugars, which opens up a whole That's slew true. of other detrimental effects for the health. So that, that becomes really, you know, kind of controversial there as well. Um, dark chocolate where you're going to get more of the benefits you need less of it and it has actually less sugar in it anyways the more you cook at home the more you take control and empower yourself in the kitchen the more control you have over how much sugar you're choosing to add whether you're sweetening something with you know like you said applesauce or medjool dates or just cutting back on it you have that control as opposed to whatever company is telling you something different yeah. but when you look at like juice versus pop versus fruit, you're going to get these waves of energy. And, you know, take a candy bar, for example, you have like this, this increase of energy as the body's building. Yeah, as the body's building that the insulin, the sugar crash has already happened. So they're hungry again, they want more sugar, they want something else. So this wave is constantly riding when you're adding in whole foods, whether it's you know, fruit, whether it's vegetables, whether you're adding in um, a chickpea pasta, something with the fiber, you have more of a balance. So they don't have these, these drastic 
crashes of wanting to replace that sugar right away. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to try to diminish that every time, you know, it's unless we're dealing with specific timing for athletes, um, meal or snacks and meals should always include some sort of carbohydrate, protein, and fat. It'll keep them sustained a little bit longer. Can you, uh, you know, people say, oh, I, my kid eats an apple and five seconds later, they're hungry. Yeah. Can we, I'm sorry. Just, can we stop and, and can we explain good fats to like, what are some other options besides avocado? We had nuts. What, what are some other ones? Because even yeah, I'm so, kind of looking for more myself, like we use oils. Like olive oil, your, that's good. Right? Olive oil. Okay. Yeah, your olive oils are great. Um, like we said, the 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 nuts, your almonds, your cashews, your walnuts, your okay. chia seeds, flax seeds, all of those bring into your healthy fats. Okay. Medjool dates also have healthy fats in them. Chickpea, your beans and legumes, um, those will also incorporate. Well, they do cover as a fat. They will add in some fats. Yeah. I'm not um, having the kids eat like lentils and things like I'm putting them mm-hmm. in our salads and I make up like a like a, a bean salad and stuff but yeah getting them to eat it but I do make chick chickpea chocolate chip cookies Ooh, so, so I ground the chickpeas and that takes effort man yeah it's a good hard workout yeah and, and I find that if I make like a triple 36 cookies or whatever. I mean, in our house, they're gone. I'm like two yeah. a day, two a day. And they're like, you know, right. Five a day. I have, um, I have to send it to you. I have a really good recipe for what good. I call breakfast cookies. And they're great for, you know, especially good. reluctant eaters in the morning or in between, you know, mm-hmm. classes or practice in school, um, because you can utilize what you have at home. And they, they are, they're super nutrient dense cookies. So it is, it's like, Hey guys, we need like one or two of these a day. These aren't, you know, grab a handful of them because they're packed with, you know, and they're nice because it's whatever you have on hand and whatever they happen to like. That was my next question, actually. It was all about the breakfast because we know with the reward system in the brain through speaking to different neurologists about addiction, that if we look at our phones directly in the morning when we wake up, we start the cycle right away. Right. So if we actually wake up, and don't touch our phones for 15, 20 minutes. We're letting our bodies wake up. If we have water with lemon, um, I try and wake up, you know, do exercises in my bed or something. Think about what I have to do today. Then I get up, then I come downstairs, then I'll check my phone. Right. Um, And I'm trying to show the kids, you don't want to wake up and just check your phone right away, but our kids don't have their phones on the second floor. So that's, you know, in the morning, what is a good idea for them to grab? Because, you know, many of our population of children are going to the bus mm-hmm. and they're like getting up too late to really have a breakfast. So unless the parents are taking control in the kitchen and making sure they get peanut butter because they can't have peanut butter in our schools in the elementary system here, they can in okay. high school. What is a good breakfast for them to start off with? You know, this becomes really individualized because for some kids, like myself included, I hate eggs and I know eggs are a great go-to. You can make egg cups ahead of time, which is going to include whatever diced veggies you want and, you know, any sort of like cheese or, and they're, yeah, they're, they're great on the run and they're, they're quick to go and you can make, you know, you make a pan of them and they're, you're set for the week. Um, They don't have, remember eggs don't have carbohydrates. 
So add a piece of toast to it or, you know, some fruit with it as well. So you're getting those carbohydrates. Smoothies are really convenient. Um, I was just talking about this on Instagram, which I don't want to encourage kids to break the rules, but you know, some schools don't or have, you know, no snack policies. They don't want the garbage. They don't want the crumbs. They don't want all that. But if you have a second water bottle that has a straw, Yes. And you put a smoothie in it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You don't really know that they're drinking a smoothie as opposed to water. So that that kind of helps too. Um, but again, a piece of toast with peanut butter and jelly. And again, go buy your kids because like myself, I I don't love breakfast foods in the morning. To me, my all-time favorite breakfast is shrimp fajitas. It makes one of my friends crazy. Oh, yeah. Go for the lunch. But, you like lunch. Yeah, I want I want like a like a a grilled cheese on whole grain bread is fabulous to me. A shrimp fajita is a piece of lasagna, something that's, and if that's what your kids like in the morning, cool. I, I don't know. The breakfast is so traditionalized. And it actually has been commercialized into a bowl of really unhealthy cereal most of the time right. and a very high sugar orange juice, which they have- if you gave them oat milk and a breakfast cookie and a banana, Bob's your uncle, they're out. Right. Right. Like that's all, you know, for us, we're trying to get more off dairy, but the kids are on 1% milk and the other one can't drink milk. She's lactose. Yeah. So Um, everyone has different needs, right? Dietary needs. Everybody has different needs. It tastes good. It tastes I I think it tastes good. If you're looking, you know, if you're trying to make that transition, um, I don't know if you guys have it in Canada yet. Ripple is a, it's a pea protein. It's the closest consistency oh, yes. I have seen to, it. yeah, it's the closest consistency to dairy milk. Um, yeah. But it, the sustainability is there because you kind of run into sustainability issues when you're looking at like almond milk. Um, but it's kind of an easy way to make that trans tr- transfer into not having to rely all the time on dairy milk. And, you know, here I live in Tornado Alley, so I always have some sort of shelf stable dairy oh, just in case our... We were, you know, refrigeration's an issue, whatever. And it's good to travel with too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, adding, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot of complicated effort to just grab a piece of fruit, you know, have oatmeal, steel cut oatmeal you can make overnight and you're not doing anything. It's just sitting on the stove for eight hours and it's good to go in the morning. You're ready to go. Um, but just, you know, I hear, I don't have time to cook, but yet we'll wait in line for the drive-through wait right. in line I see for cars waiting in line at Tim Hortons and I'm at the stoplight and I seriously right. see I counted 21 cars and I'm, I'm about to walk the dog early in the morning and I, I saw a guy get park his car go in and get a coffee and come back out and he's gone yet there's now 19 cars in the waiting I'm like people <laughs> and in that time <laughs> right you can you can you know, reheat a, uh, an egg cup that you made the night before in 30 seconds in the microwave and you're, you're ready to go. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good you know, idea too. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask a te- two technical questions? Technical. Of course. Um, I only have a, a few more questions, but I wanted to get down the oatmeal. I'm trying to get down oatmeal alley as I'm calling it. Um, so I love oatmeal. And if I mm-hmm. make the oatmeal and I add a little bit of brown sugar for the kids, they do eat it, but I don't yeah. want them eating the packaged stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm making it on the stove at night, uh, I make it up like in a pot. Do I, how do I heat it up in the morning? Cause I don't want to heat it up in the microwave. Can you I can just, 
rehe reheat it up in the pan. Um, you can put it like you can just because when I make like a steel cut oatmeal, it's a pretty decent size amount. So I'll scoop it into just a little smaller container and do it on stovetop. Um, okay. By the time you've, you know. Do I add more water to heat it up? Your book bag. I didn't hear you. Oh, can you add, like, if I've made it, so it's now uh -huh. formed, to heat it up in the morning, do I just add a little bit of water to it? You could add hot water to it. That would heat it, too. If you're trying to avoid having to reheat part of it on the stovetop, absolutely. You could add some hot water to it. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. And then, you know, like, like you said, add a little bit of brown sugar, add a little bit of maple syrup, add some fresh berries. And if it's scalding hot, add some frozen berries because then you can eat it right away. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. the There's no excuse for fruit in our house because you can either take frozen stuff mm -hmm. for smoothies or you can take, we, we, we have it here. Yeah. Um, now the other technical question was, what is, and this is more about terminology and definition of language. Okay. So if we're trying to explain to parents about macronutrients, what does that mean? Okay. And so macronutrients, yeah. yeah, macronutrients are what the body needs in large quantities. And there's three of them. You have, okay. have your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. That is like the most, what your body needs more than like vitamins and minerals. We need those, but just in smaller quantities. The macronutrients are your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. Okay. Now, if we look at, you know, diet culture and we look at marketing BS, everything is protein, 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 and right. protein is hugely beneficial. But when you're looking at the, the ratios of them, it's actually the smallest quantity of what yes. you need. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carbohydrates are the go-to source. Right? It, Yes. Okay. And we're looking, especially for teens, because the body can store a lot of carbohydrates right. and a growing teen adolescent can't store as many as an adult and they're turning them over frequently. Fast so enough. it's not just, you know, we hear, right. We hear carbohydrates and we're thinking pizza and breads and bus. It's not just that we're looking at our fruits and vegetables. We're looking at our chickpea pastas. We're looking at our legumes, our, our beans. We're looking at all of those, those attributes to bring quality ingredients and quality nutrients in the body so the the um the carbohydrates the healthy fats the uh, proteins which some of them are considered essential amino acids meaning that the body can't make them so if you're not getting if you don't eat animal proteins yeah there are ways to mix and match different you know plant-based proteins um, but the micronutrients, then that's your vitamins and minerals. That's your eating the rainbow, you know, every color bringing something to the plate and something to the body to help nourish to, for focus again, for immunity, for, for um, body repair and growth. But the, the macros, macro meaning larger quantities. Okay. Now, two more questions. One's controversial, and I know I'm going to hear it when we post it. But I wanted to make note of it because several family physicians in our vicinity are um, a little upset that a lot of parents are raising their kids on the keto diet. From I'm talking, I know, I know, from very young. I mean, I see kids at schools with nothing but a keto in their lunch. And they're saying, my mom says I'm not allowed to eat sugar and not allowed to have this, not allowed to have pasta. And I'm like, actually... 
these kids are actually more rambunctious in the afternoon because they're not getting that the good nutrition that they really, really need for their brains, for their growth, because they can burn it off faster. So what are your concerns if parents go to a keto-oriented diet for a child under 14? Um, I can see number one, we don't know the one <laughs> we don't know the long-term ramifications of how this is truly affecting the 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 growth of the brain. Yeah. Um and there's different synapses that are happening within the, the brain development that if they're not being utilized because they're not fueled with the carbohydrates, with the fruits, those synapses might not actually grow. Okay. Brain itself needs about 130 grams of carbohydrates a day to function properly. Now, there's definitely people who are on a keto who are saying, oh, well, we have like six and we're doing just fine. It's sort of like using duct tape. It might work. You're going to get through, but it's not certainly functional or to the degree it should be at um, losing focus. Now, keep in mind, the keto diet was truly developed for epilepsy, yes. brain injuries. Yes. So it, it does have a place, but, but it's not, for a growing not, brain. Not, for, not, not for not for an everyday diet. This is, you know, we've taken... Oh, you know, we've looked at these people are doing great on it. Okay. Well, we're looking at brain injuries. We're looking at seizures. We're looking at that. That's not your world. Mm -hmm. The brain okay. needs carbohydrates. Yep. A developing, growing brain 100% needs carbohydrates. You're going to notice changes in focus. You're going to notice changes in behavior. You're going to notice changes in energy levels. Yep. Um, it's it's prohibiting the body to function at its peak, peak performance, whether that means sport or whether that means daily life. Um, okay. That those were my answers. <laughs> I'm glad that it you is have that knowledge. I didn't know other, some other things, but I'm glad that we can at least put that out there because I've yeah. seen some kids who are athletic and come when I coach and other coaches are saying these kids on keto, they can't keep up. Yeah. They don't have the endurance to the re and the recovery will be slower. slower. Um, their, you know, immune system will be, will be diminished. If they do get injured, the recovery takes longer, um, you know, and part of, part of my focus, you know, we talk about their performance. We talk about growth. We talk about their future health is really building this rela healthy relationship with food. Yep. I don't support the idea that any foods are good or bad. I don't support that we have to avoid certain food groups. There are certain times where, yeah, pizza is amazing. Is yeah. it beneficial as a, you know, three times a day or every day benefit for the body? No, but it doesn't Once mean we have to, week, you know, on a, on a flatbread. There's nothing right. wrong with a good sauce, some throw some basil on <laughs> some peppers and some cheese and but every day a boxed one and let's let's clarify a homemade pizza versus a boxed pizza from McCain's is not food. True. Right? That's giving that's giving somebody else power to say, "Hey, we've taken this into control, you know, into control, here's what you need." Right. We will never in our own kitchens add as much sugar, fat, or salt to any food as they do in a restaurant or a packaged meal. We just, you just wouldn't add that much to your oh, own. Okay. Food. I see what you're saying. I can't. Um, and then we start to look at the other additives that are in, because obviously these companies 
shelf stability is important to them because the longer they have a shelf, the more that they're going to sell. They're looking at their bottom line, not our bottom health. Um, so, you know, we look at these additives, we look at these preservatives and it's, we've got some crazy statistics going on for our kids and their health. And well, can we talk about change. the, um, shifting last question? Um, I think it's really important for us to hit home sugar, just sugar. So how, what are four things I, uh, we can share with our listeners on how we can get rid of sugar in our homes right now and make a drastic change? I'm going to look at minimizing our sugar yep. as opposed to completely avoiding it um, and, and taking it 100% out of our diet. Um, because again, I'm not, I will 100% advocate for a pure organic cane sugar over synthetic sugars all day long. Right. All right. day long. But, but we can't uh, let kids have 35 grams of sugar a day when they're only supposed to be getting six. Exactly. Exactly. So we look at, you know, the, the recommendation for kids is, is about six teaspoons, which is about 24 grams of sugar a day. We look at, you know, uh, a medium or 20 ounce Starbucks has almost 90 grams of sugar. Are you kidding me? No, it's astronomical. The amount of sugar. I don't know what's, I don't even know what's in that. <laughs> Yeah, and we look at these crazy milkshakes now that are a milkshake topped with a cupcake, topped with a candy bar, topped with like like all of these things, and that's a treat. God, it's diabetes in a cup is what it is, and I I love to training in it. They go to Starbucks before they come to work out. Right. And we didn't, and we kind of didn't got off the topic too of your energy drinks, which we we need to make that like a whole conversation. Um, but minimizing, yeah, <laughs> minimizing, live on Instagram. <laughs> minimizing the sugar in your home. Um, you can switch to more natural sources. And, and there, there is a difference between natural sugar in a product versus added sugar in a product. Correct. So if we look at an apple, an apple has 25 grams of sugar, but it's not an added sugar. Nothing has been put inside of that. And you have, like we said, with the, the fiber, the other vitamins and minerals that, that minimize that, that energy wave, we have the stability of energy. When we look at added sugars, whether it's in whatever form, synthetic or not, um, that's where the problems start to come in with focus, with health ramifications, diabetes, obesity. Um, you know, right now, even the U.S., we're one of the most obese nations and one of the most malnutrition nations. It's phenomenal, those statistics it's from the country. Really. Staggering. Staggering. So when we're looking at sugar, number one, these sports drinks that have become the alternative to pop, it has its it can have its place in athletics. It is not something we walk around school with. It's not something we sit on the couch with. It's not something we sit on, you know, gaming or walking around the block. That's not what it's intended for. And it's just adding unnecessary sugar to the day, to the diet. And also um, not just that, the, the those drinks. Uh, and and I, I believe almost everyone in my, in the emergency rooms have seen a mild heart attack come in from having such diet drinks, Red Bulls, and those oh yeah, when we're, they rev the heart. When we're looking at the energy burning, drinks, they rev right. the nervous system, and you're you're drinking all these diet drinks, but they can have harmful effects to the point where 
they have seen now a few yeah. uh, athletes and young people wanting to be on a diet because of the social media aspect of body image, we, we should right. have a whole issue on that. Um, right. And they're going in there and they're ha- they see quite a bit of that more now than they did before social media. Right. Right. And even, but try the sports drinks that, that the ones I was just referring to, like, like right. your Gatorade, your power, like that kind of stuff that doesn't necessarily have the caffeine aspect to it, but yeah. The, but you can't the, go around drinking 10 of them. No. No, we don't even need one full one a day. But so minimizing that, you know, if um, you can add smaller doses of, you know, like we said, sweeten something with some natural raw local honey uh, using medjool dates, because now you're getting the sweetness, but you're also getting beneficial nutrients to it as well. Switching from... Yeah, switching from, you know, like a milk chocolate or a white chocolate, that's not really chocolate, to a dark chocolate, you're still getting a little bit of sweetness to something, like you're adding them to your muffins or your cookies or your pancakes, but you're also bringing in essential magnesium, you're bringing in different benefits to the body as well. So the more we can look at using natural sources, as opposed to just dumping, you know, a half a cup of, of sugar into one drink, you know, it, you know, it, 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 it makes it, there's small changes that have a huge impact. And I really like the way you said that. And I have to do a, a quick little summary here and wrap up, but I want to say that to listeners, there is three things that Stephanie said here that we can, we can change and it's about changing habits. So having your kids love food and knowing that they need the macronutrients three a day. And if they just keep it in their head, well, I've got to have, you know, um, some carbohydrates, some protein and some fats. If we sort of hit that home at a young age, they can adapt as they grow and make their own lunches. And then Mm -hmm. you said, the more we cook at home, the less we're eating from a box and the more control we have. Right. The more empowered you are. Sure. Okay. The other thing that I thought was interesting um, was that we have to get rid of all the foods and I are minimizing the foods that have added sugar. That's a big, I've seen big changes in other families that have done this. They've gone from horribly behavior in their homes. Now kids are sleeping through the night and they're seeing that their kids are more focused. Uh, Their athletics have improved. So it's by doing, following those three simple things. And when you're in the kitchen, the last thing I'll say as a parent, as a mom, try and double up your cooking to make it easier. Just because it's doable. It's just, you got to focus and you're, you're not on your phone eight hours a day. You're, you're in the kitchen, you're, you know, you're focused and it brings your family good nutrients. And get the kids involved. Yeah. They're never too young to, to start bringing them into the world of food. If you're grocery shopping, especially with like really small kids, um, hey, let's let's add some more red produce. Pick one out that you want to try. You know, when my kids were little, they would grab whatever sugary cereal off the, off the shelf and be like, sure, you can have that. Just double check the ingredients. Let's make sure that there's no artificial colors in there. Yeah. So then they're on the, the labels, you know, they... Yeah, even they're looking at they're like oh and then it's you know then i'm not the bad guy (laughs) and it's why are these companies putting this food in there these ingredients in there if they're bad for me because they want to sell and make money 
Exactly. So empowering these kids to what they are looking for on labels and, and choosing foods and, and becoming involved in preparing them. Now we're starting to create lifelong healthier changes for them too. Yeah. Well, Steph, thanks so much for being here on Parent Talk today. And can you tell everybody where to get a hold of you, especially if yeah, you're a team? Absolutely. Um, rockperformance.net is my website. Um, I'm, I've am i left a ton of videos and, and recipes and ideas too on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, um, rock underscore performance um, and fuel their game on Facebook. So yeah, happy to help answer questions. I love working with particular eaters <laughs> and, you know, really addressing those challenges of, of well, I here. hope we can do a live chat maybe, and you can share the recipe and while you're cooking, you can yeah. share Yeah, I'll get that for you. Yeah, (laughs) thanks so much for being here today. Thank you.